It is Monday, August 24th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by Jet Home Loans. And now, TikTok's highest rated singing barbecue chef, J.P. Shadrick. I have never never made one TikTok. I don't even know how to do it. Welcome in Jaguars Happy Hour. JP Shadrick on this Monday afternoon. As always, Pete Briscoe, Tony Baselli join us and we've got a program today with these two maintenance days. Another one today for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll get into the guys who are off to the side indoors today and what that really means from head coach Doug Marone. A little more offensive line talk. George Warhot spoke over the weekend about the state of the left tackle position. We'll get Tony's thoughts on that. Some quarterback talk as well. A social question or two, and then we'll go around the National Football League. Pete, Tony, what's up, Tony? How are we doing today? Well, I'm, I got issues here. I got all kinds of video issues, but I'm doing good. Doing good. How are you guys doing? What kind and of issues Pete, do you what's have, up? That was Florida. Uh, I, I can't what, figure well, out. What kind like, of issues does Vaselli have? Yeah, I, I can't see either, but that's okay. That's not a bad thing, not seeing you two. I'm okay with that. <laughs> We're in high definition, Pete. Speak for yourself, okay? We don't yeah, have to well, see you in either. high definition, it, it brings out all your flaws even more so, JP. I hate to tell you that. Oh, wow. Takes one to know one, Pete. Thank you very much. Hey, you know, it has been a uh, positive day on the COVID-19 front. and In fact, well, not a positive day, a negative day. In fact, the league just a few minutes ago announced some of the results from August 12th and 20th that week in that span, a little over a week there between August 12th and August 20th. They administered just over 58,000 tests to about 8,500 NFL players and personnel, and they had zero confirmed positives among players and only six among personnel. Uh, Pete, that is pretty remarkable. It really is, and it's a tribute to, A, the players, because I expected a few knuckleheads to go out and, and bring it back in once in a while, but they haven't done that, which is a good thing. Uh, and I think it's a real tribute to the teams for the way they're handling things and the money that the owners have spent to make things as you know secure and as safe as possibly can be so it's a good it's a great look for the league you know people let's be honest about it there were many in in the media who thought that this would be a disaster they predicted it it's kind of like the people in the media who predicted florida would become the next new york and that's clearly not happening uh as it relates to this virus so i think that this this is a situation where the nfl should be given a ton of credit. And by the way, the entire offseason, they should be given a ton of credit. Remember, in the midst of this thing, they said, oh, we can't have the draft. The draft was one of the best they've ever had. Then they, you know, first it was free agency, then the draft. They've moved on. They've done a really good job with it. Let's hope it stays that way. Wow, Pete being positive. It's a shocking state of affairs here today on the uh, Monday show. Usually, Pete, you come out firing bullets at people, and uh, but you're very, very nice to the league and everything else. I agree, though. I think it's handled perfectly. Now, the real test, though, is coming up. I mean, let's not let's be clear. Is once we get into the games and you have teams working together and traveling and everything else, um, and how do they manage if you do have a positive test? What would have happened if the false positives that the New Jersey lab came up with happened the Saturday before an NFL game. And you had 
five, six teams that had significant portions of their rosters, not really sick, not even having COVID, but because of false positives, wouldn't be able to play a game. Well, I think what you would do, Tony, is you'd put the, push the game off until Monday. It's not like you're playing in a stadium with any fans and fans aren't making trips to go to games. You know, there might be some fans. Some of those stadiums won't have any fans. You just push it to Monday, fix it, go back, retest everybody so to make sure it's not a problem, and then play the game on Monday. It's all doable. You, you know, it, this is all yeah, but doable. Pete, what, if, if there's what, a, Pete, what if it isn't? What if they weren't false positives? What if they're really positives? And now you have a significant number of players not be able to play. I'm just saying, I think they – listen, I applaud the NFL. I mean, they're doing a great job. I applaud the players, to your point, because really it's about the individuals taking care of their, their business and being professional. So I am 100% aligned with you. I'm just saying um, I have uh, – I'm kind of just – I'm tempering my excitement about where we are because I desperately want to play football and watch football this year and be a part of it and call games. But we still have a long way to go um, to get to that portion of it, which will really determine whether this is successful or not. But also, they're young athletes. You get, you know, how many guys have already had it and then come back and already back on the active roster? And it might happen where a guy sits out one game, but he's back the next week. I think that's a possibility. Hey, let's be honest, Tony. Two of the three on this show have had it. Uh, you and me, because I had it too. And, and I recovered. And it was like having a flu for me. And I didn't, to be honest with you, I didn't even know I had it. Um, so, and you, you were clearly in a different situation than me. But I think it's one of those, you know, where young, active, athletic guys are going to respond to it and bounce back. And you look how healthy I am right now. Picture of solid gold right here. Come on. Yeah, no one is saying that watching. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody's ever Just what we were all thinking about yeah, Pete I mean, Briscoe, but, yes. And I hear you, Pete, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying there's a... You know, it's not just the it's not just the players. It's not just the young guys. It's you have older coaches, and you have a lot of things that we have to manage and really be careful about right now. And uh, so I'm with you. I hope it's the case. I hope that we get through it, and uh, we continue to have the success that we've had so far. All right, let's continue with the Jaguars talk now. And uh, the Jags back in the practice field today, but well, some of the Jags were back in the practice field today. 24 or so players were kept inside for maintenance day. It's the second time that's happened in camp so far. It included today some big-time names. Uh, Gardner Minshew was one of those not on the original list, but then once we got to practice, he wasn't on the practice field either. They brought him back inside as well. Doug Marone before practice today explaining what a maintenance day really means. Even though that you guys aren't able to see them. I'm, I want to try to give you some insight to what they do. Uh, you know, a lot of those guys are for medical reasons uh, in the past that they've had issues with or in the past have had time struggling, you know, through a season um, for odds and ends. But what we do is we try to take the amount, the workload that they would have in a normal practice and try to simulate that, which we can do because it's all monitored so basically what's happening is you have a team out there on the field that, 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 that's practicing. And then the players that are inside, you know, they're, they're doing, you know, they're just having the same amount of tax on their body. They're just not going through, uh, you know, they're not getting hit. 
So that's Doug Marone before practice today with a little explanation of what was to come. But it was uh, a little, I don't know if jarring is the right word, but it was different not seeing a lot of those big names out there, Tony. Yeah, and I hear what Doug is saying. Um, but it's already a limited camp. I mean, you only have, what is it like, what we end up saying? It's 11 or 12, 13 days. Well, yes, 14 total day? padded practices, 11 full-time uh, padded practices, yes. So let's just call it 14. 14 padded practices. Do you need a maintenance day because you're hitting too much? I, I, I get if you have a, an injury or something like that that you want to be smart, but we're, I mean, look at that list. You have a bunch of young guys. I mean, Josh Allen, Juwan Taylor, second-year players. Um, I It's... Hey, listen, they got science and um, they know their players better than we do. Uh, but I'm a little bit surprised, to be honest with you, that certain guys are on that list. It doesn't make sense to me when you have only 14 days of padded practices, why, why you would give uh, extended rest to really young players. You used to have 14 days of padded practices in 10 days. <laughs> yeah, first week. Back in the day, right? Literally the first week we'd have 14 padded practices. Or like that first, you know, I, I guess you had your your first couple days of two days with no pads. So let's call it day three or four, your full pads and you go twice a day every day. Um, and listen, I'm not advocating that that's the, the right way either by any means. Um, but I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand why you'd have vacation or maintenance days or whatever you want to call the days for young players. When you have limited reps, this is a young football team. Let's not forget. It's a new offensive coordinator. With a second-year quarterback, I just can't. I mean, unless Gardner Minshew has like dead arm, which is so early, I can't believe it's that, or some injury we don't know about. Why would you not give him every possible rep in a new offense with new players around him? Um, I mean, Jawan Taylor, Cam Robinson, um, young guys need as many reps as they can get. A guy like Josh Allen, who's um, you know up and coming, and be counted on to be one of the best players on this team. Again, injury, yes. Be conservative with injuries. I get that. But just a maintenance day because there's too much hitting when you're only hitting 14 days. Um, so they started camp what day, JP? August 1st, right around there? Uh, yeah, yeah, right around that window, but it was the ramp up, yes. Okay, let's call it out. So from August 1st to September 13th, that is six weeks, you're going to have 14 hard practices. That's two padded practices a week on average. Maybe a few, uh, you know, 2.1 or 2.2. My point is, it's not extending yourself. I mean, that's just not. No. And, and it's not and like Tony, they're going live. It it's not like they're doing nine on seven and like tackling to the ground and goal line. And, well, um, they have again, been. It's, it, it's bewildering to me. Yeah, but as it relates to the quarterback, as it relates to the quarterback, why on earth would you give him a day off? I, I mean, it's not like he's got a dead arm or anything. It, it make, that guy needs to practice more than anybody. He's the starter. He's entering his second year. It's a new offense. He should be on the field every single rep he can possibly get. That one I don't understand at all. Maybe a veteran day here and there, but I, I, I'm with you, Tony. This, this makes no sense to me with the limited amount of time that you have. Now, I do know they're going to actually have a scrimmage in the stadium on Saturday night, and it sounds like they're going to tackle and hit and go to the ground. It's going to look like a preseason game, from what I understand. Is that correct? Yeah, the, the way uh, I understand it, yeah, it, is, it has some 
it has some pra it looks like a practice they'll have some drills and all that early and then some 11 on 11 work that's the way i understand it as of today on monday of course that can build as the week goes on here but to to, to your point about tackling to the ground they have been doing a little bit of live work in camp very the little couple of days a very even today little, very well, they have been doing some. Miles Jack tackling Leonard Fournette all the way to the ground is a live rep, in my opinion, Tony. I, I'm not disagreeing. I watched the tape on. I watched every play from Saturday's practice, and they had 11 on 11, but they had one period where it was tackled through the ground, and it wasn't right. even the whole period. Um, and so I'm not saying they're not. Doing so how many guys that. tackled? How, did the secondary get the tackle at all in those drills? A little bit, not much. I'm just saying. Yeah, see, I, again, there's not we're, enough we're tackling. Beating. Yeah, I, we're, yeah, whatever. <laughs> what do you I mean, mean I, whatever? I don't agree with you. What do you want me to say? I mean, I, we're beating this. We're we're beating this thing to death. And but it, it is what it is. They're gonna have maintenance days, and you're gonna have second year players and quarterbacks that have played. You know. 10 games as good maintenance days. They have a plan. Hey, Pete. Is, listen, I, I hope it works. Pete, is this a trend around the league, or is this kind of a one-off? What's the, the kind of the no, balance no, around more, the league with team, maintenance days? No, guys. Yeah, guys are getting maintenance days, no question about it. And I, I personally don't understand it. I, I, I think you need to hit as much as you possibly can. You only have X amount of days to get ready for the season, uh, and you don't have preseason games. And granted, preseason games, you might play 10 plays in the first one and, you know, 30 and then, I mean, and then 20 and then maybe 15, 18, and then none. But you hit. You got to hit. It's a football. Tony can tell you better than any of us. You got to hit people. You got to be able to understand the angles when you're tackling the speed of the game. And thumping a guy is not the same as putting them on the ground. So I used to say... Tackling in practice was dumb. This year, it's different. You need the tackle in practice. Somebody gets hurt, that's part of football, but you still need the tackle. I would agree. We'll see what happens. It sounds like the uh, Jags have, have done their share so far, and we'll see what the week ahead has in store for the Jags in practice. Let's come back in a moment. We'll hear from the defensive line. Caleb on Chason spoke with the media today. We'll hear from the first-round draft pick, and... The head coach had some good things to say about him today as well. Pick your must-see matchups and save, and now you have the flexibility to see your team on your terms. Use the priority access window to create a plan that fits your budget and schedule, whether you want tickets for one game, a custom package, for two or more games. Go to Jaguars.com or call 633-2000 and choose your plan today. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Streamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Price is subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity hey jacksonville this is joe adib from bonos i just want to let you know that we have now reopened all of our dining rooms we appreciate all the love that you have showed us during this crisis for over 71 years we have been here for you 
through good times and bad. Our award-winning barbecue and our unbelievable staff look forward to seeing you soon. Be safe. Committed to the team. Committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high-quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve. At Tropical Smoothie Cafe, one taste and you're hitting refresh now, palm trees swaying now, letting loose now, busting a move now, cranking up the beats now, hands in the air now, feeling free now. You're on Tropic Time now. And right now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe, try our watermelon mojito and guava margarita smoothies. And you're tasting fruity now, sipping sunshine now, toasting summer now. You're on Tropic Time now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe. Jaguars fans are gearing up and saving big at Fanatics.com, the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and Jaguars players you love. Shop the most trusted brands, exclusive designs by Fanatics, and autograph collectibles from today's biggest stars. Join Fanatics Rewards today and earn fan cash on every purchase. Shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com, officially licensed everything. Jaguars fans, whether it's on the field or in your finances, the key to success is a solid plan. From high-yield banking to home lending, into retirement and beyond, TIAA Bank offers solutions that can help you achieve your goals and make the most of your money. It's time for a plan. Start building your legacy today at TIAABank.com slash Jaguars. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, equal housing lender, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's pretty impressive now. I mean, you know, again, we, you know, we've got a long way to go, but you, know, you talk about strength, speed. Um, he's probably faster than than I thought. You know, what I'm saying when I watched the film, um, you know, he's definitely, you know, he's it, it, it's been impressive. Head coach Doug Marone earlier today discussing Caleb Onchezan, the 20th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. Jaguars defensive end and linebacker. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with Pete Briscoe and Tony Baselli each and every Monday on at Jaguars social media, jaguars.com and 1010XL AM radio in Jacksonville. Uh, that's big praise, guys, for uh, a guy who missed the first week or so of uh, what we would actually call training camp with pads. He had a little hamstring ailment, but uh, from the, the sound of it, he wanted to be out there, and maybe he's not 100%, but he's fighting through it, according to Doug Marone today. And, Tony, that's a good sign when you have a guy that wants to be out there and is fighting through something to, to show some things. Yeah, the want to is always important. I mean, because you don't want – you want to be important to a guy. And I think one of the ways you tell that is the uh, how anxious they are to get on the field, especially when they're coming through an injury. And if a guy is willing to push it 
um, and, and try to get back out there as quick as possible. That's a good sign. I think as a coach, you always want to be, you want to have to pull the reins back on a guy. Like you want to, you, you want players that you're saying no. We need you need to take more time. You need to rest instead of you know the type of guy that you have to kick in the rear end to get back on the field. So it sounds like Caleb on uh, Chase on is that type of guy, um, and that's a good sign. It's a great sign. Um, but you got to be careful. You don't want a thing to pop. You know that Tony. That thing goes, and he's going to be out for a while. So you got to be careful with it. Uh, but I, I, I'm with Tony. I, I think it's great. Want to is something that the great players all have. You, got, you want to be great. You want to be part of it. You, it. It angers you when you miss. And I think it sounds like he's that kind of player, and that's good. What does this mean now? What is Ngakwe going to do? That's the question. I mean, this, this kid uh, is an, has a chance to be a really good pass rusher. I don't know if it's going to happen overnight, but what do they do with Ngakwe? You know, there's the, there was the report last week that ended up being – uh, erroneous. Uh, he is on the market. Um, they would trade him. I, I, I think they would do that for the right price. But again, it's a bad look. So I, I'm, that's one of the questions that's still out there with Ngakwe. What do you do with him? Well, you, you play him. He's going to sign, the, he's gonna sign, the, he's gonna sign that franchise tag at some point. Pete. You and I both know that. He's not walking, has walking to. away from 18, yeah, he has to. $18 million this year. $18 million. Um, that's not going to happen. And so, and I don't think, and maybe there's a market, but I don't think the market's there for him. I mean, this late in the game, you know, is somebody going to give up a one? Well, if they were, were to give up a one, they would have done it already. Um, and is there a player out there that would move the needle enough for the Jaguars to make that trade? Possibly an interior defensive lineman where I think they're really thin and they continued to, I think that's going to be some issues. It could be, you could have some issues there this year. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, is there a good enough player that is out there that a team would be willing to trade for Ngakwe? Um, you'd have to go through the teams and think about it, but I don't see it happening at this point. I think he's on the team, and because of that, I think he signs the deal. Here's the other thing, though. I mean, if you have a good interior lineman, you're probably not giving that guy up. They're hard to find. Not, not, I'm saying pass rushers are more valuable in this league, but already look at Minnesota, lost Michael Pierce. Uh, you know, you saw Dallas had Gerald McCoy go down. I mean, some of the other big guys opted out. Uh, it, it's not like there's a bevy of those guys out there if you wanted to make a deal. Uh, you could get a second-tier guy maybe and then a draft pick, but is that worth trading him away? And part of the things I think about it is the look of it. It's a bad look for the organization. Unless you get wowed by a major offer, it's a bad look. You had Ramsey grumble and moan his way out of town, and you got a great offer, so you had to do it. But if you do it again, then you have, okay, anybody in the building, if you don't like your situation, moan and groan about it, and they'll trade you. That's a bad look for the organization, which is why I don't think they want to do it. Yeah, at some point, it's got to stop. If, if you're going to keep guys around here that you've drafted and counted on to, uh, to be the, the, the backbone of your organization, um, well, let's continue on defense on the defensive line here, guys. Uh, Taven Bryan, a bone bruise in his knee. That popped up uh, during that Saturday practice. He uh, walked off with a trainer under his own power. Um, but it's week to week, Doug Marone said today, and that just adds to the list of things that had happened on this defensive line already. You know, two top free agents are, are not around. Other guys are hurt or have retired. Uh, two suspensions at the start of the season, and Carl Davis and Josh Morrow, they're not available. So... As you said, Tony, you know, it's a group that 
uh, is relatively thin. They've got Jernigan in there, and he's flashed a little bit the first few days of camp. What have you seen out of Jernigan in that tape you've watched? You know, there's moments. I mean, he had some nice plays in that Saturday practice. You know, he's a big, explosive guy that, you know, you know he still has it in him. The question is, how many does he have in him per game? And so how often can he stay out there? Can he hold up? Uh, play in and play out. That'd be my big question, but he has flashes. There's no doubt about it. Um, I mean, you look at Taven Bryant. I, I said it before. He had to be a guy that was one of your studs. He had to be your starting three technique, and he had to be disruptive. Um, he had shown some nice things on tape, and, and you can see the explosiveness, the strength. Um, the question is, can he go find the ball? That's always been, you know, is he is he maturing there? It looks like he's doing better and better. But with the bone bruising him out. That is, like I think Doug said it perfectly, it's week to week. It's where where is the bone bruise uh, and what is the severity of it? And so just so everyone listening, you get a bone bruise. I've had them before. Uh, and if they're at a weight-bearing portion of your knee, it's basically a bunch of micro-fractures in your knee is what the bone bruise ends up being. Um, and if you don't let it heal, it can be lingering and a real pain and you know what. Um, and so depending on the severity of it, where it is in the knee, you know, we'll determine how long he's out. Hopefully it's mild, uh, nothing too serious, and uh, he can be back, you know, in you know, a week or so. Tony, how did Hamilton look on the tape? He's a big body. Um, you know, he's in, I think what you're going to get out of him is he gets more comfortable. He's going to be a big run stuff in, you know, eat up space type of guy. Um, you can still see he's a little bit slow reaction-wise. He's not going to give you much of the pass rush right away. Uh, and so I, I think, you know, that's who he is. I think he, I think him and Avery basically rotate at that nose position is, would be my guess. They could use an impact right away from a, a guy like Hamilton for sure. And, uh, it'll well, be but you have to define it. JP, you have to history. define what does impact mean? Because a lot of people, when you say, say, Hey, we want to impact from a guy on the defensive line, they're thinking sacks and big plays and, you know, all yeah. this different stuff. An impact for him might just be in a rotational player that helps you solidify against the run. And it might not show up a bunch in the stats, you know, tackles and tackles for losses and sacks and stuff like that. Um, but where you turn on the tape and he's doing his job and freeing up Schobert and, and Miles Jack to go make plays and, and is eating up double teams and everything else. So, and I, I always say that because as people listen, you know, sometimes the impact isn't what you think. It's not the stat sheet. It's not the flashy stuff. Um, they need guys to do their job up front. This is a team that was really bad against the run uh, last year, and uh, they're going to need guys like Hamilton to step up if they want to fix that. Yeah, sometimes it's the, the 20 snaps you might get spelling a guy, and if you play well in those and then give that guy a blow, and he can come back in and – and do his thing. That That's where an impact could be, to your point, Tony, for sure. Hey, let's come back. We'll go offensive line when we come back. We're going to hear from the offensive line coach, George Warhop, discussing the left tackle position and setting the record straight on Cam Robinson. Photos Pit Barbecue is showing support for frontline heroes by creating a Feed the Frontline campaign. Help support our local doctors, nurses, and hospital workers by donating meals to honor their brave and dedicated efforts during this difficult time. Call 332-7427 and donate today. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.
Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice. Equal housing opportunity. Football is back. And Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars are ready to win. Visit Jaguars.com and join us at the bank. Season tickets mean you'll be there in person for a Thursday night matchup with the Dolphins, a rivalry game against the Steelers, and crucial contests with our AFC South Division opponents. The Jaguars are taking every precaution to keep our fans safe and ensure we can be Duval together this fall. Limited capacity seats remain. Visit Jaguars.com or call 904-633-2000 and lock in your seats for the 2020 season. Hey, Jacksonville, this is Joe Adib from Bono's. I just want to let you know that we have now reopened all of our dining rooms. We appreciate all the love that you have showed us during this crisis. For over 71 years, we have been here for you through good times and bad. Our award-winning barbecue and our unbelievable staff look forward to seeing you soon. Be safe. Ready, set, save. It's the Labor Day Celathon at your local Ford dealer. Get ready for the best offers of the summer on the 2020 Ford lineup. Get low financing on an adventure-ready SUV like Escape or Explorer and the ready-to-go Ford Ranger. Or get big savings on the built Ford Tough F-150. You've waited for these deals and the wait is over. Ready, set, save. The Labor Day Celathon is going on now. Don't wait, these deals won't last. Hurry to your local Ford dealer because it all ends September 8th. Committed to the team. Committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high-quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual. Ensuring those who serve. Any repeated physical activity puts stress on the body. Checking your phone, getting in the car, sitting at your desk. Checking the phone, getting in your car, sitting at your desk. Checking your phone for the 50th time today. If you do anything with regularity, you should get massaged with regularity. Massage Envy. Keep your body working. Regular body work makes the body work with massage, skin care, and stretch. Come in today for more information or visit MassageEnvy.com for more details. Him's going to be our starting left tackle. I think he's extremely important, and we need him to perform at a high level. Uh, the biggest thing for Nerd from last year to now is he can take all the practice. Right? He's out there in all the practice. He's taking all the reps. Uh, there's been, uh, and to this point, no issues with him physically. Uh, so, I mean, it, he can just keep going and getting better, and we don't have to worry about managing him like we did last year. George Warhawk, Jaguars offensive line coach, earlier this weekend, uh, yesterday in fact, discussing Cam Robinson, and that's uh, about as clear as it gets. He's going to be the starting left tackle. Welcome back. 
It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Frisco is down in South Florida. Tony Baselli is, uh, I'm guessing, in an undisclosed location because that's the trend lately, and I'm in the home studio today. So, you know, earlier in the in the conversation with the media, Warhop Tony was asked about uh, Will Richardson's development as a left tackle and how how it's gone and. You know, he said early in camp, it wasn't really a comp. There's no competition because Cam's been playing the position. Will's just trying to get comfortable. As the days go along, the comfort starts to show. But then later in the press conference, you heard the answer there. What does Cam Robinson mean to this offensive line? Was the question. And that was the answer. Well, Cam's going to be the starting left tackle, and I don't think it gets much clearer than that, Tony. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, if you watch the tape, I mean, he's playing better. He's the better left tackle right now. So I think it's clear as day. I mean, I thought it was a competition coming in, but Cam is, uh, from what I've seen in the tape, watching one-on-ones and the teamwork, his footwork's much better. You see he's worked on it. He's cleaned up. He looks like he's in shape this year. Um, he looks like a guy who's getting ready to play in his contract year is what he looks like to me. And that's a good thing because Cam's talented. Cam's big, physical, athletic. I mean, all the things you want. And so I think George is right. George Warhop, the offensive line coach, is dead on that he's going to be your left tackle. Um, I thought, I think, I, you know, let me bring my cynical side out. I think it's funny that he said that the good news is they don't have to worry about any maintenance and uh, managing of Cam because of his knee, but then he had a maintenance to it. But he was one of the guys who had the maintenance day today. Isn't it early to crown a champ, though, Tony? I mean, we thought he would be the starter, and I wonder – if Marone was okay with Warhop letting that out, I mean, because it hadn't been it hadn't yeah. been out until he said it, and it's not usually uh, the no, offensive I, line coach. Yeah. yeah, I think that's I mean, a good point. Could you imagine know. if Mike Mazur said something like that when he was your line coach, the late Mike Mazur? Uh, he he would have. I mean, Coughlin would have gone nuts. Well, Mike, uh, but the difference is, here's a big difference. None of those guys ever talked to the media. They weren't allowed. Assistant coaches didn't talk to the media on. Uh, when Tom was head coach, so it would never have happened. Uh, you know, if you if you watch practice, I think it's clear that Cam's better right now. Um, so I, I mean, your question about should Warhop have said that or not? I mean, who knows? At this point, how many more practices do you really have if your um, if your Will Richardson to win the job? I mean, you have a scrimmage coming up this week. Um, you're gonna have some maintenance days thrown in there at some point, I'm sure. And, you know, and then you start working out, you start getting ready for indie game, you know, game week. We're only three weeks away, Pete. Less than three weeks away from Yeah, less. Day. Yeah. What, what happens, though, if, if Robinson goes out and is a spinning top in the, in the scrimmage? I mean, then you got to reevaluate that, don't you? Um, I would think so. But, you know, I don't know what conversations they're having, in, you know, uh, in the building. I mean, right now, if you watch the tape, Cam is clearly better. It's not really close to me. Um. And so maybe George is just speaking to that. Was he good on Was he good on Saturday in the scrimmage or whatever they called it on Saturday? Was he good in that? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think he had one misassignment or that, it wasn't a misassignment. He had a bad down block against David. David made a real nice play, blew it up. Um, but yeah, I would say overall, yeah, I thought it was solid. Techniques better because that's one of your you guys have all criticized yes, about his technique. Yes, but his footwork is so much better in the past game. And that's the thing I've really been focusing on. And so um, I think that's a good thing. And, I mean, Pete, does it surprise you? It's his contract year. 
The guy's talented. No, it doesn't surprise me. But it sounds like, and I haven't seen him, but it sounds like from what you guys say, his body's in ten times better shape than it's been. He looks great. Um, he looks great. Well, and if he, like you said, if he has a good year, he's going to make a boatload of money. And if he has a good year, the offensive line is going to be pretty good, right? I mean, think about that. If you, because I think the right tackle is going to be a really good player. Uh, the center and the left guard are solid players. Uh, maybe the center's above solid. And then whatever you get out of the right guard, he's inconsistent, but he has his moments. That line could be pretty good this year if he's good. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what they're hoping for. I mean, I still worry about the run game because I'm still not convinced of their tight end group. I, I like them better from a pass catching. I mean, Eifert looks good on tape. You know, you can tell he's a professional tight end. Like, he knows how to get open and find space in the secondary. I mean, he's good. Um I mean, I don't think he's going to be the Tyler Eifert that when he came into the league was one of the more dynamic tight ends, but he is a good player. I still worry about can they hold up on the edge, though, in the run game? Like, who's going to be that blocking tight end that's going to hold up on a six technique, a head-up defensive end playing a 4-3 so they can run the ball? Because if you can't block the edges, you can't run the ball. Guys, let's uh, before we go too deep on tight end here, let's uh, finish up on the offensive line discussion here. and Let's hear from Jawan Taylor, the right tackle. He spoke over the weekend as well about the physicality that this group can bring up front. We are definitely putting a big emphasis on, uh, you know, getting more push off the line, being more physical at the point of contact. So uh, we've definitely been focusing on that every day. And uh, Coach Warhol's been preaching that to us every single day that, you know, we need to get more movement off the line and, you know, create more space for our running backs. We, lot of, we got a lot of good backs, so we got to make some space for them and create plays for them. Well, you can, you can say it, and, but it's a matter of going out and doing it. And as you, to your point, Tony, it's, it's more than just those five guys. It's the tight ends. It's the fullback, all those guys involved. Uh, Pete, sorry to cut you off there, but wanted to get Juwan in there because you know, he's a guy that was penalized a bunch last year. Can he work past that, and what kind of player can he be now in year two? I think he's going to be a dominant player. I, I think he has a chance to be uh, their best right tackle since – Leon, seriously, and, and maybe even better. And Leon was a heck of a player. But this guy has a chance to be a long-term guy. Leon's career in Jacksonville was very condensed. Obviously, he got hurt. He came over as a free agent. Uh, but I think this is, this is a guy who can be their draft and develop, right tackle, who goes to you know two or three Pro Bowls down the line. That technique stuff, the mistakes, that's all part of being a young player. I think he learned a ton last year. It was great to play him. You get in there and you play. And, Tony, you can speak to that better than I can. I imagine you learn more in one game playing than you do in, uh, you know, 30 practices on the practice field. Well, yeah, I mean, I think you learn a lot. I mean, being in game situations of understanding, you know, the different situations and the different type of guys you're going to play and, then you know, and how to react. And, and, and more than anything, probably in being comfortable out there. I mean, the more reps you get out there and more game situations, like there's a comfort level of, like, knowing you've done it um, and that you can handle it. And I think after his rookie year, the way he performed, I think he should be confident going into this year. Like, hey, I have the ability to be one of the better right tackles, as you talked about, Pete, in the NFL. Uh, well, yeah, it's it's important for him to, to keep developing, obviously. And we touched on the, the interior of this offensive line, too. We know Linder, obviously, has been around here for a while. He's on a second contract. Norwell. Uh, had some criticism at times, but um, a good, solid veteran left tack- left guard in this league. And then A.J. Can at the right guard spot, a veteran guy who has been re-signed by the team. They're all back. 
that's, you know, at the end of the year, how did they play Tony? And then, hey, they're all back. So apparently it was improvement as the year went along, right? Or is this a fresh start? Well, yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that, JP. I mean, this is an offense that only scored three points a game for seven straight games. It was an offense that couldn't run the ball consistently. It's an offense that they had to play, according to the head coach now, Gardner Minshew, because they could they needed a quarterback who could make people miss in the pocket and extend plays. And so to say that this, that they brought this group back because they were happy with how they were performing, I find that tough to believe, based on what the head coach told us last year and what the numbers told us. I think that's why I think I think there was some surprise that there wasn't, you know, some moves made whether earlier in the draft or whatever to see if they could solidify the offense line a little bit. Um, and so I'm hoping um, that what we've seen out of Cam, you know, you go across the board and each guy's a little bit better and improves and, and becomes more consistent. Because I don't think it's a talent issue. I think it's a consistency issue. And uh, and so that, I think that's what, you know, if you're George Warhop, and I think what Joe Juan Taylor has told us is like he's continuing to beat the drum of like, hey, we need to be more get more movement. We need to be consistent. It's play in and play out. So um, that's the thing that I think will be interesting this year. Uh but I would disagree with you if the message is, hey, we really feel good and we have a great – our offensive line was where we wanted it last year, so we just brought them all back. Um, at least not based on what the stats and what the head coach told us last year. Right. But they right. could be much um, improved, the- like you mentioned, Tone, in the run game. And if they're improved in the run game and they can't block the edges, it's not really going to matter that much. I mean, that, that, well, that's the problem. Tony's pot point is spot on. They, they have to be able to block the edges. So, Got to block the we'll edges see. for sure. Let's come back. We'll um, we'll talk wide receiver when we return. Um, that's the final segment of the first hour. Uh, coming up in the second hour, we'll recap all the big notes of the day. Uh, we'll get some social questions in, talk a little quarterback. I'll have a book report for you guys as uh, asked Perfect. for last week. I look forward to it. From the shelf, from the shelf behind me. Uh, back in a moment, wide got, receiver I, talk I when we return. No, I mean, how am I supposed to read it if I didn't know what you're going to pick? Well, it shouldn't be there if you haven't read it yet. Back in a moment. Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Greenfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity at most sandwich places asking for more of something is just part of the drill but what if you never had to ask for more what if more was just a given at dailies more is what our sandwiches are built on more meat more cheese more veggies more quality more taste all for a price that's anything but more sandwiches from dash made fresh Dailies. Jaguars fans are gearing up and saving big at Fanatics.com, the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and Jaguars players you love. 
Shop the most trusted brands, exclusive designs by Fanatics, and autograph collectibles from today's biggest stars. Join Fanatics Rewards today and earn fan cash on every purchase. Shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com, officially licensed everything. In Florida, bicyclists have the same rights and responsibilities as everyone else on the road. So when you ride, follow the rules. Always wear a helmet and use lights on your bike. And drivers, watch for cyclists. Give them space to ride. And don't forget when making that right on red, look to your right first to see if a cyclist is approaching in the bike lane. We all have a responsibility to keep ourselves and each other safe. Alert today, alive tomorrow. Because safety doesn't happen by accident. This message brought to you by the Florida Department of Transportation. Jaguars fans, here's a great way to pay with pride wherever you go. Exclusively from TIAA Bank, the Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features, along with the convenience to make purchases online or at millions of locations worldwide. And it's yours, free, when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Order yours today. Visit TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. At Tropical Smoothie Cafe, one taste and you're hitting refresh now, palm trees swaying now, letting loose now, busting a move now, cranking up the beats now, hands in the air now, feeling free now. You're on Tropic Time now. And right now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe, try our watermelon mojito and guava margarita smoothies. And you're tasting fruity now, sipping sunshine now, toasting summer now. You're on Tropic Time now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Frisco, Tony Baselli. Glad you're along with us on this Monday afternoon at Jaguars on social media, jaguars.com and 1010XL AM radio. We promised wide receiver discussion. Well, D.D. Westbrook's not out there. He missed the last couple of days, <coughs> Saturday and Sunday, with a shoulder issue. He's, again, week to week. That's what Doug Marone said this morning. Uh, other than that, everybody else is out there and actually playing pretty well. They've flashed in camp, at least in my opinion so far, Tony. Guys like Chark, obviously, you expect. Um, but Conley's had his moments. Cole had uh, a couple uh, really nice reps today against uh, C.J. Henderson, the, the rookie corner. Chenault just walking across the field. Uh, you can tell he's got something special. And, and then Colin Johnson has that height to him. So... Tony, they, they've got some pieces here, it feels like to me. Now, the question is, when the lights come on, can that equate? Well, it's interesting. So, And I haven't watched every practice on tape. Um, but you're right, they do flash, and they're impressive. They're young, though. And so that's the question. Outside of Conley, you wonder, you know, you don't have a lot of experience in that group. And so it's a little bit of still like, prove-it-to-me type of situation. I mean, DJ Chark obviously had a great year last year, but it's one year. Uh, I think he's going to have a great year this year as well, and I think Sonault will be a nice piece. Um, you have to kind of temper your expectations sometimes with those rookie wide receivers because it can take some time to get going a little bit. Uh, but he definitely has all the tools. You know, but the interesting thing about for me about the passing game, JP, and you've seen all the practices. I've not seen them all. There's times where it really looks good, and I'm talking about Gardner Minshew and the receivers. And we've seen some really accurate 
deep balls from Gardner and guys who can go get it. But then there's times that this it doesn't feel like the receivers and the quarterback are on the same page. I mean, I go back to Saturday, look at a, a route over the middle, and either Gardner was wrong where he thought Chark was going to be or Chark you know, broke out over the middle when he was supposed to uh, curl in. Um, and so there's been like a handful of those times that you're, I'm watching, I'm like, huh, just seems like a little bit off throws that might you would think be a little bit easier. Um, and whether it's, you know, the route being wrong, uh, ran at the uh, wrong level or turning out when you're supposed to turn in or whatever it is, there's just been a couple of miscues that happen in camp, but because you have limited time and it is a lot of young guys, um, you got to clean that stuff up. Now, how many will they keep, do you think, Tony? How many will they keep? Uh, probably six? six. I think they keep six. Yeah. Okay, so Chark, Westbrook, Chenault. Who else? Um, Conley? They're keep Chark, Conley, Chenault. I think those uh, – Sonat. I think Westbrook. Uh, Westbrook would be your four. Um, Cole? I think they keep uh, uh, Colin, the rookie from Texas. Colin Johnson? Colin Johnson. Yeah, I think they keep the rookie. And then probably Keenan Cole. And then, so you'll keep Keelan Cole. I, you know, because I've been reading some of this stuff and I haven't seen any practice, but it's out and talk to people. It sounds like Keelan Cole actually looks better. But for me today, the biggest concern, he might have looked good against C.J. Henderson. That's not a good thing for the defense. I mean, Keelan Cole beating up on C.J. Henderson, your first-round pick, is not a good thing. And I know C.J. Henderson was coming off being – He was sick. I know. First still, that's – if. if if that's a pattern, that's a bad look. Well, I mean, yeah, if it's a pattern. Well, let's not jump to conclusions here, Mr. Prisco. I'm not jumping. Well, any day play. shouldn't happen. If, if you're if the you're first round pick, you shouldn't have a day like that. Happens. If you play enough, man, you're going to get beat. I don't care who you are. I mean, I saw Keelan Cole beat Jalen Ramsey at times during the tenure here. So did you, JP. Yeah, well, uh, so did there. other people. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm kind of with you here, Tony, because Henderson, the first week of camp, everybody couldn't stop talking about how good he was. Yeah, yeah, we're not. Let's not blow this out of proportion. I mean, I mean, I'm not blowing it out of proportion. Wants, I'm just he saying wants to start he, fires and like you know start controversy. Uh, there's no place. He's calling the bust already, Tony. I'm a believer. I'm a believer in the kid. I'm a believer in the kid. I think he's a good cover corner. I think he's going to be a good player. Yeah, uh, that's not what you just said, Pete. It's a little. You need to figure out what side <laughs> he of the fence you're on. Stop right. I was reading Stop today that he got beat a bunch. That's that's a concern. He did. Where'd you read it? Twitter. On on the websites and Twitter, yeah. So okay. there's a, there's I, I a, saw a couple, couple of videos. I didn't see him getting beat yeah. all the time though. I think that's a little bit of an exaggeration. A couple of one-on-one okay. kind of red zone drills, back-to-back, in fact. Where then in the second, JP, if, JP, you were there. The if you zone. had to grade CJ Henderson's day, give me a grade. Um, C minus. That's not good. But it's one day. Okay. okay. I think he's gonna okay. be fine. Uh, JP, if you had to grade CJ Henderson over this entire camp, what's his grade? B plus. B plus. Okay. That's good. You're there. I'm not. So I like to hear that. Yeah, I think he's been fine so far, and I think it's one day. And How he's is he off a- an illness? So cut, you know, cut him some slack, Pete. 
Well, I'm, look, I said if it's a pattern, it's a problem. If it's not, then good. I think he's going to be a good player. I don't think that's a position to worry about on that side. I think Herndon's a feisty little player. I think their corners will be better than people think they are. I'll be honest with you. I don't think there's an elite guy there, but I think they'll be better than people think they are. And yeah, I worry, really my, my concern spot. is the D-line. If you want to say, where's your concern on the defense? It's not the secondary, per se. I think Because I, I, I actually think the safeties are going to – I think, you know, Harrison's going to have a better year. I think he'll get better. I mean, he has talent. Um, and so I think the safety will be, they'll be okay as well. I'm with Pete. I think the linebacker level, I'm hoping that Miles Jacket will be a better situation for him. I think Schobert's an upgrade at, uh, at Mike. After Jared Allen up front, boy, I think you got a lot of questions. I agree. Yeah, um, a lot of questions. That, uh, clock's uh, running low on time to answer those questions. Uh, not not a lot of time left in training camp here in 2020. And, and who knows? Better score a lot of points this year, front. fellas. <laughs> Better score a lot of points this year, fellas. But do you think this offense is set up to score a lot of points, Pete? I, I, I don't know what, what he's going to plan to do with them, but, I, you know, Sometimes, Tony, you have to play to your defense. And to me, and I'm sure you agree with me, you look at this on the surface, it looks like it's going to be a defense that struggles a little bit or a lot. And if that's the case, go try and score a lot of points. You know, don't play okay, ball Pete, control. But try and score. You're missing my point. You're missing my point. Do you think they tried to only score an average of three points a game for the seven games? Sometimes point, the style the of are – they, Are they explosive enough to score a bunch of points? That's my question. I don't know. I, I can't answer not. that question. I can't Nobody answer that question because, like. right? So, but again, you're going to have to score more points than you know. I mean, I'm not saying they didn't want to score points. That's a stupid thing to say. But you got to play a little looser, a little freer. Let them go. If you because that defense is going to be a, a liability. Would you not agree but with he, me that the defense will be more of a liability than the offense? Yes, but I I hate with a passion. When you start making comments, like you need to play a little more free and open. Like, what does that mean, Pete? Because you say things that I don't think you can describe what that actually means. It means you throw in early downs more. Well, I think Pretty they did easy. that. They scored three. They, they did that early, later in the year when Mitchie went back in there trying. But they were also work. playing with a kid. They were playing with a kid starting a quarterback last year. Now, now you have a kid that's been, at least been in the – he's not been in the system, but he's been with the team. They, they know what to expect. He's more familiar with his receivers, a comfortable quarterback. If he's what you think he is, then let him throw an early downs. I agree, but to say he's, like, he's not in the system he's comfortable with, it's a brand-new offensive coordinator, you have a brand-new tight end, you know, I mean, there's some – it's just I, – I, I'm hoping you're right. I'm just I, – I, it's it's a wait and see for me. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Listen, I'm a big believer in, in some of the pieces they put together on that side of the ball. And starting with DJ Chark, I love him. And I love the right tackle. And I think Cam, the way he's looked, is awesome. All great things. There's a lot of questions, too. Well, let's put it this way. If the offense isn't prolific enough to score many more points this year than it did a year ago – they will be drafting Trevor Lawrence. How about that? Just put it out there. So, you, you know, have you done your uh, have you uh, done this uh, record for all the teams yet? No. And I, by the way, we haven't cut the team yet either. 
Because <laughs> we're not cutting the team. We haven't seen enough. We haven't done the scrimmage yet. <laughs> Are you coming? I know to how you love. Yeah, we got two, three weeks. No. Left. You know what I love? Tony loves cutting the team. Hates it. He loves when we start talking mock drafts in November when they're out of out of playoff <laughs> contention. I mean, all those things they just get right under your skin. You hate that. Yeah, I don't love it. That's for sure. Yeah. Number hey, one, the back. first Second pick hour. of the 2021 NFL Draft, <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars select quarterback Clemson, oh. Trevor Lawrence. Can we play a game first? Let's come back second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour around the corner. We'll hit the big stories of the day. A couple of social questions. My book report coming. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity at ViStar, we believe in better better convenience so members can bank any way they want whether it's at a branch on a mobile device or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free atms across north america we believe that people have better things to do with their time if you believe that convenience is better join ViStar. we never forget that it's your money All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Hey, Jacksonville, this is Joe Adib from Bono's. I just want to let you know that we have now reopened all of our dining rooms. We appreciate all the love that you have showed us during this crisis. For over 71 years, we have been here for you through good times and bad. Our award-winning barbecue and our unbelievable staff look forward to seeing you soon. Be safe. Committed to the team. Committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high-quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual. Ensuring those who serve. Jaguars fans are gearing up and saving big at Fanatics.com, the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and Jaguars players you love. Shop the most trusted brands, exclusive designs by Fanatics, and autograph collectibles from today's biggest stars. Join Fanatics Rewards today and earn fan cash on every purchase. Shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com, 
Officially licensed everything. If you're one of those guys that think you know everything and all that other stuff, you're, you're going to get yourself in trouble, you know. You know, it might look great in the press and everything. Oh, there's this guy, he's confident, look at him, you know. But, you know, I'm, I'm confident in what I do, but I'm always looking to get better. And those guys, um, you know, I've had help from everyone. I, I rely on, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's Keenan, whether it's Ron, whether it's, you know, Ron Middleton, Keenan McCardle, whether it's, you know, Terry Robisky, who has, probably has the most experience out of everyone on our staff, you know. Um, but I'll also rely on some of the younger guys, you know, and, and what they see. I like to get people's opinion. Um, and I, the only thing I can't stand is I can't stand people that, that, that they're going to tell me what I want to what I want to hear. You know what I'm saying? I want people to be honest. I want people to be upfront. Uh, at the end of the day, that, that's what's going to give us a chance. Head coach Doug Marone earlier today. Welcome in. One hour down, one hour to go on Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Frisco, Tony Baselli. glad you're along with us. Your social questions coming up. Um, the, the question of Doug there, guys, was about, um, really about McAdoo, who we'll hear from a little bit later in the show, and Jay Gruden, their relationship, and, and what do those guys bring to the staff working together, and then what can coaches learn from He has a lot of experience on the staff, I think was the point there. and. Uh, Doug Marone is open to hearing uh, different different ideas on different topics, and and that's what that, that Tony, that's that's huge. Obviously, you don't know everything, even if you're the head coach. No, I mean I think it's it's the smart thing to do. I mean, you have a staff for a reason. Guys have different perspectives. They've been at different places. They've seen it be be done in different ways that, is, that have led to success. So you're always evolving. You're always trying to get better. I mean, the saying that was true when I played, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. You're never saying the same. It applies to coaches and players alike. And so I think Doug has the right mentality and he's always trying to get better and, and learn. And, and how can you do it better? I love when a coach says he doesn't want his yes man. He wants to be challenged. And, and you've heard stories, and Tony, you know, you've known guys and coaches and personnel people who don't want to be challenged. I, I know a scout that got whacked by a team because he challenged the general manager in a meeting, and he didn't want to hear it. And you can't have that. I mean, you don't know everything. And, and as a coach, you should open your mind. And as a personnel guy, you should open your mind. I want people to challenge me. If I like a player, uh, as a, say I'm a scout or a personnel director, and I like a player, I want my scouts to tell me why I should go back and watch him again. It's the same thing with coaching. If I'm a coach and I have – an offensive play or system that I like, I might want my coordinator or my receiver coach to come over to me and say, hey, why don't we do this? And this will work. We should try this. And I, I think a coach with an open mind is a good thing. A coach with a closed mind is a dangerous thing. Yeah, I mean, I think that goes for any, anything in life. I mean, you, if, you, if you have the attitude, you know everything, you're in trouble. It's one of the reasons I worry about you, Pete, because you think you know everything. And it's a big, it's a big flaw, character flaw that you have that concerns me. I mean, you should probably listen to the things you say about other people and try to limit yourself. 
No, Tony, what I was going to say is I think one thing that we've done on this show is you've evolved. When we first started, you were hard-headed. You'd yell at fans. You'd yell at me. And now we've toned you down a little bit. So you've opened your mind. You're not a closed-minded lug like you used to be. <laughs> I don't think I ever yelled at I don't think I've ever yelled at fans. I think that's a little bit of Yes, a you strength. have. Yes, you yes, did. You <laughs> yes, you did. Revisionist Let's, history here. Send out send out uh, a Twitter I, poll. I, has I to, has Tony Baselli yelled at fans on this show? Yes or no? Never. <laughs> Maybe like a passionate conversation, but never yelled. <laughs> you yelled. It's a fine line there. Um, yeah, he yelled. Uh, hey, uh, back to this, the, the coaching dynamic here, Pete. Obviously, Jay Gruden, former head coach in Washington. In that division, Ben McAdoo was the so not too long for the New York football giants. They're both now on staff here. Um, what about that? relationship and and obviously the past is the past and they're here to to get this Jaguars team better but it's got to be an interesting dynamic in that room well it's great to have guys who've experienced it from the top and and granted neither one of them had great success experiencing it from the top but maybe sometimes you're just a position coach or you're just an offensive coordinator that's okay that's fine and Jay Gruden was a good offensive coordinator before he was a head coach And I think that's a good thing for Gardner Minshew. It's a good thing for Doug Marone. He has a guy or guys on his staff who have been head coaches, and he can lean on them a little bit in certain situations. I I like the dynamic of the staff. I'm curious to see Minshew in the offense when the thing gets cranked up. I think it fits what he does, uh, getting the ball out. But again, we don't know until you actually play real games. I think it's a good staff. I'm a big believer in Keenan McCardell. I've known him for a long time. I think he's going to go... Uh, big places in this league as a coach. Uh, I think he's going to be a coordinator soon enough and then and then maybe a head coach. So I like the staff, particularly on offense, and I think defensively they have some good coaches. So it's a good staff. Now the question becomes, if you don't win, what happens to that staff? They're probably all going to be looking for jobs. That's the scary thing. Now, though, they have a chance to show that they belong and should stay longer. What do they, I wonder what they have to be. You bring a, a – I mean, now – I'm going to do something that Pete does that I hate, like jump like eight steps ahead of what we should be talking about. But you brought it up. How many games do they need to win? I mean, because that's a – I mean, there's so many, like, variables out there and so many, you know, influences that this staff had nothing to do with, of, you know, COVID and no off season and everything by, you know, video. And, and it makes it really hard. And a young team on top of it. What do they have to do? What's success? What do you think success, you know, forget about whether they get fired or not. I don't want to talk about that. What is, what would be successful in your mind for this team this year? I'm not jumping ahead. I want to stay right here and focus on the now. I never jump ahead. I never push forward. Stay right here, Baselli. I'm not going to do it. I just want to stay right here and talk about the now, not looking to the future. Okay. That's that's you. That's you. That's you, by the way. No, what's success? Five, five, five would be success in my mind. Six five would wins. be outstanding. Six, six so would be six outstanding. Six wins. So you're saying five would be success. That's one less than they won last year, Pete. Six. So if they go Look backwards, the... you're telling me that it's six. A, it's a positive. Well, it's six with this team, it's six. 
I said it last week. Okay, last so week, you, the rebuilding, reloading. So six. What do so you think successful? Hold on, I'm not. I'll tell you in a second. <laughs> I'm asking you. You're telling the fans of the Jacksonville Jaguars who are listening to our our show and expect expertise analysis from you. That if they win 60 games, the fan base should be happy and said, we're on the right track as a football organization. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if they win yeah, six well, games. That's what you just said. If they win, you, well, I don't think the they're question, winning. Tony. I think they're going to push They're going to push to win six games. That's what I'm saying. That's, if the fans out there are listening, my expertise is this you. team not is going. Well, that's what I'm telling yeah, you. I'm not asking you that. I'm saying what would be deemed as successful for this coaching staff? At the end of the year, if they did this, this, and this, that's successful. Like they did a good job and they should have their jobs back in the following year. Like what's success? They'll have to win. If they keep their jobs, they're going to have to win eight or nine games. So you're saying success is eight or nine games in? A second ago, That's you told keeping me your job success. I'm trying to figure out what it is. No, eight or nine uh, games is what sound like success to me, Pete. Well, it sounds like success with what they have there. That's that would be a successful season. You know what real success would be? Going zero and sixteen and getting Trevor Lawrence. That's real success. I mean, JP, I don't even know where to go with this because I've heard like fifteen different numbers thrown out there, um, and so I'm a little bit confused right now. Uh, I think six, we six, shouldn't five, be confused. Six, he's at eight. He's yeah, at zero. It, no, zero. I mean, we're all with the roster so that would, they have. Success is five or six wins for the me, coaching me, staff to stay. Success is eight or nine wins. So you're, like you're, you're moving the ball over. Uh, you're moving no, I'm not. All over the chessboard right now. So let me let me be very clear to our fans and the people listening, JP. Um, I think to. To deem this as a successful year for Doug Marone and his coaching staff, they need to improve by at least two games. And they won six last year. They need to win eight games this year to say, you know what, we're going the right direction. Um, we've built this. We're starting to build it. We have a foundation there for the future. And so let's get. we need to get it to at least eight games. I think that would be success. We agree. We agree. What do you think would be a successful season? That's what I just said. So you think said, if what, they don't get eight wins, that's, that's not a that's, successful season? Say that again? If they don't get eight wins, it's not a successful season, is what you're saying, too. Forget Doug Marone and his coaching staff. I'm talking about Tony Baselli. What is a successful season for the Jacksonville Jaguars? As, a, as an organization, yes. You have, to, you have to show progress. And I think if you win six games or less, you're not showing progress. Now, the only caveat to that that I'll put out there is if you, if you win five games – but Gardner Minshew, and you just have your defense because it's decimated by injuries and everything else and opting out, and you can't stop anyone to save your life, but you start to see an offense that is productive, and Gardner Minshew is, you know, 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns and 12 picks, that's success, even if you win five or six games. So you have to see progress. All I was saying, that's why I think it's it's not just wins and losses. So if you're asking me wins and losses, it is eight wins. With you showing improvement there. Then I would say Im- improvement from the young quarterback and offensively that you are showing that you can score points in your productive unit, which they were not last year. That would also be a, me- a metric of success for me looking at it. And so that, you know, wins, obviously, that's what you're all, we're all graded on as uh, in the NFL is wins and losses. 
And then secondly is the production and improvement of your quarterback and your offense um, from a uh, from what you do on the field. Those are the two things I think if, I would be looking at as far just, as being successful. Let's just say this. I'll throw this out there. Gardner Minshew throws for 4,800 yards, 34 touchdown passes, 13 interceptions. The offense is explosive, and they still go 4-12. and 12. Successful season or not? Yeah, I would say yes, because that means you just had the worst defense. Now, I think there'll be changes. There can be changes with, with the coaching staff, but with the head coach, and would he stay? I mean, are you going to get rid of your offensive coordinator that just came in and did that? I would say well, no. If you got rid of the I head coach, get, you would. So, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, now we're going down a path of people losing jobs and not losing. That was my point of this conversation. The point was, what would be successful this year and I think you, the metric that everyone's measured by in the NFL is wins and losses and so you have to start there and so if it's not better than last year then it's not successful we agree Tony we agree for no, those we guys said, oh, six, yes said, oh, we do success for the coach you 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 don't understand me for success for the coaching staff it's eight or nine my uh definition of success is five or six because I don't think they're very good I think they're going to be feisty and stay in games and maybe score some points, but I don't think they're going to win a lot of games. So if I think they're going to win three or four games, if they get to six, in my mind, that's success. But not as an organization, it's not. Like your best argument. No, should, as an organization, like, well, they got. I'm with you. They have to show progress. Like I, like you actually would have had a decent argument if you'd have started saying, you know what success with this organization is, is going 0-16 and getting Trevor Lawrence as your quarterback because now you have a quarterback for the next 10 years. Like if you would have said that, now I would have argued with you and I'd be like, I don't consider that success. I don't think you'd go into a season like that. But at least that would have made sense. You're like going from you five would argue to with six me no matter to what to nine to zero. No matter what, like you can't make no. a decision, Pete. No. You are not. You are there's different, level, there's different right definitions of success. Good. No, the coaching staff's success is different than my determination of what's successful, and it should be different than what your determination is to be successful. You, if they, like you just said it. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, you're all of Yes, you do. You just said it. If they, if they had an explosive offense and Minshew showed a bunch of uh, progress and they went 5 and, uh, and 11 or 6 and 10, you would say that was a success, Correct. Over, over offensively, yeah, because you, you you have a quarterback now. Like you check the box, you have your quarterback. That's but a, is that, that a success? Yes or no? Success definition of success? Yes or no? For the organization, yes. To have a quarterback solidified okay. at that position, yes, that'd be. Successful. I rest my case. I rest <laughs> my defense. I rest my case. That wasn't the question I asked. Uh, a few, You're all over the place. A few notes of the day today. A maintenance day again today. 24 players were held inside today. Getting full work, according to Doug Marone, just not on the practice field in pads. Uh, guys on the field today were some of those that Marone wants a little more of a look at or certain matchups in teamwork or one-on-one -on -one work today. Taven Bryan has a bone bruise in his knee. D.D. Westbrook has a shoulder issue. Both are week-to-week, -week, according to the head coach. Jags practice again tomorrow. Players are off on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday practices, and then a Saturday scrimmage coming up in the stadium. Let's come back, uh, gentlemen. We'll get into the quarterback room a little bit. Gardner Minshew was held off today. We'll hear from...
Ben McAdoo, the quarterback's coach. He spoke for the first time with the media. Pick your must-see matchups and save. Now you have the flexibility to see your team on your terms. Use the priority access window to create a plan that fits your budget and schedule whether you want tickets for one game or a custom package for two or more. Go to Jaguars.com or call 633-2000 and choose your plan today. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com Football is back. And Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars are ready to win. Visit Jaguars.com and join us at the bank. Season tickets mean you'll be there in person for a Thursday night matchup with the Dolphins, a rivalry game against the Steelers, and crucial contests with our AFC South Division opponents. The Jaguars are taking every precaution to keep our fans safe and ensure we can be two fall together this fall. Limited capacity seats remain. Visit Jaguars.com or call 904-633-2000 and lock in your seats for the 2020 season. At most sandwich places, asking for more of something is just part of the drill. But what if you never had to ask for more? What if more was just a given? At Daly's, more is what our sandwiches are built on. More meat. More cheese. More veggies. More quality. More taste. All for a price that's anything but more. Sandwiches from Dash. Made fresh. Daly's. Ready, set, save. It's the Labor Day Sellathon at your local Ford dealer. Get ready for the best offers of the summer on the 2020 Ford lineup. Get low financing on an adventure ready SUV like Escape or Explorer and the ready to go Ford Ranger. Or get big savings on the built Ford Tough F 150. You've waited for these deals and the wait is over. Ready, set, save. The Labor Day Sellathon is going on now. Don't wait, these deals won't last. Hurry to your local Ford dealer because it all ends September 8th. Proven IT implements a strategic game plan designed to streamline your business for maximum results. Make the winning choice with the official business systems partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Proven IT. Proven IT's technology experts use a customized approach to understand how to design, implement, and monitor solutions that optimize your business. Proven IT provides managed network services, document management solutions, office technology, voice and data solutions, and more. Visit ProvenIT.com to see how they can streamline your business. Proven IT, transforming workplace productivity. Jaguars fans, whether it's on the field or in your finances, the key to success is a solid plan. From high-yield banking to home lending, into retirement and beyond, TIAA Bank offers solutions that can help you achieve your goals and make the most of your money. It's time for a plan. Start building your legacy today at TIAABank.com slash Jaguars. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, equal housing lender, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, but it's the ultimate team game and, and all 
you know, the entire roster. You know, they have a lot to do with uh, the success of the quarterback. And um, But I do think Gardner is a guy that, uh, you know, he has that the, the instincts on where to go with the football. And, you know, he's an accurate player. And, uh, you know, he's got a lot of, uh, you know, he makes the game fun. It's definitely not a death march with, uh, you know, with Gardner. And, uh, you know, that those, those kind of things make it fun to me. Like I told you before, he's a fun player to coach. Chadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Vaselli, each Monday on 1010XLAM Radio, at Jaguars on social media, and Jaguars.com. It's our first uh, conversation with McAdoo. And Pete, I found it interesting. I, I, I guess I hadn't really realized he's been out of football the last couple of years since he got fired by the Giants. He does, he's been living down south of here in Florida, and he's moved up a little bit closer, he said, but gave him time to be around the family. But you know, he's a football coach. He said at the end of his press conference that he'd, he would coach pretty much anything. And uh, here he is back with uh, a quarterback that they're trying to develop and get better for this organization. You know, what did you make of McAdoo when he was the head coach of the Giants? And, and how does something like that change a guy like Ben? Well, he wasn't a great head coach, let's be honest about it. And uh, proof is in the pudding. Uh, but he, he's had success at times in his career uh, running offenses and being part of good offenses. So I, I think it's a good hire for the Jaguars. It's a, you know, a former head coach, uh, been around good offenses in his career, uh, understands the passing game, understands the offense, uh, and I think it's good for Gardner Minshew. A- again, when you have two former head coaches, one as the offensive coordinator and one as a quarterback's coach, that's a good thing. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens. This this could be the type of year, if Minshew has a year like Tony's talking about, possibly having, if he has that kind of year, that can only enhance McAdoo's credibility around the league. Maybe he gets an offensive coordinator job, and then who knows? Uh, so, But again, I said something earlier that I still believe. Sometimes guys are just position coaches or coordinators. Maybe Ben McAdoo's just a good position coach or just an offensive coordinator. Not everybody's a head coach. Not everybody's cut out to be a head coach. Well, I mean, Pete, um, yeah, York's I mean, a different I, animal, yeah, I too, agree. now. I, mean, yeah, I agree with you. But, you know, the interesting thing about Ben McAdoo, if I'm not mistaken, his first year at the Giants, he won 11 games. Didn't he take the team to the playoffs in 16 when he was head coach, Pete? Yeah, but then you go off a cliff, Tony. I'm uh, listen. All I'm saying, it's interesting. He was there for two years, if I'm not mistaken. Sixteen and seventeen. His record with the he wins eleven. He yeah. won eleven games year one, and then he had to go off a cliff. Yes, and they had the second worst record in the NFL. Um, it, it was. It's just interesting how quickly that d- disintegrated uh underneath him in new york after having a good year unless i'm getting my years wrong but i'm pretty sure they were 11 and 5 and 16 tony 11 and yeah 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 and he was also the the offensive coordinator for coughlin that you know for two years too i mean look the guys the guy green bay he's good you know he was involved with the quarterback he was a quarterback's coach there He's been around good offenses, and, and he's not an old guy. This is a young guy, relatively speaking. He's 43 years old. I mean, why would he be out of coaching for two years? Who knows? Um, but, again, maybe he just you know, wanted to regroup and spend time with the family, like you said. This is a chance for him 
to show people that he can still do it and get another opportunity maybe to be an offensive coordinator. Yeah, it's just interesting. Usually you don't see a guy who wins 11 games and now he won three the next year. And so you wonder if there was more issues in the building as far as his leadership style as a head coach. Um, but he obviously knows how to coach football. He's had success. And I think, you know, he's a good asset and a good uh, good guy to have in the building for Doug Brown. Wasn't it two All right, he won let's, the let's next talk- year? No, three he games. won two, I thought. Three and 13. No, I'm looking at it, Pete. Okay. Well, I'm not the speak fast. after that year, right? Well, then they used to call him Macadon, didn't they? After, after yeah, that you, that's your uh, you're the you, you're the national guy. You can tell us what they set up in New York. We're not sure. Let's stay on the quarterback. You, you know, we've, we've talked Minshew. We know he's the starting quarterback here, but today especially, you, we got to see the rest of them. Uh, Glennon, Dobbs, Luton were the only ones on the field taking reps today. Uh, Tony. From the uh, tape that you've seen, what is the quarterback room opening day? I would only keep two. I mean, I would keep two. I, I would keep Glennon and, and Minshew, and I'd put um, Luton on the practice squad because I think you have 16 guys in the practice squad, and they're going to have some freedom, I think, based on you know this COVID environment of how they manage that up and down. So i put Luton as the third. Um, I wouldn't keep him active. I'd put him uh, again, like I said, in the practice squad. And I don't think there's—I don't think there's a place for probably on this roster for Josh Dobbs. I've heard Luton's look pretty good, not uh, and throws the ball very well. Is that true? Yeah, he can spin it, um, but I think I, I mean, still he was, think he want. You saw that at Oregon State; he could spin it. I, but I've heard he's looked pretty good at times in this camp throwing the football, and that's so. Again. It's not like he's going to be exposed playing in a preseason game. So if he didn't get drafted right. until he got drafted, nobody, nobody's going to know what he's doing on the practice field. So Tony's correct. You probably put him on the practice squad. And then if something happens, you activate you him and play him. him because you said that's right. easier to do. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's what it looks like. All right, guys. Let's get a couple of social questions in. Tony, your favorite Here we go. each week got a couple got a couple this week um you know we need we need more of a response is what we need to be quite honest with you on well, social media uh, frankly, we got it's a, my fault. a couple it's my fault James well you know what we need uh, we need the yelling baselli we need yelling baselli back because he used to get more questions when he was a yeller and they'd irritate him so like next week let's say if you send in a question that irritates tony he's going to yell like old times and get get us back into the spirit of things well, no, but, I'll, but I will make sure I tweeted out the question next week on Monday morning, like I did last year. And that's, you know, obviously your followers aren't as committed, JP, to you as they are me. And I'll make sure I send out the questions and get a good question. Because it be worked so to, well you know, last week, too, out. let me tell you. I didn't, send, I didn't send anything last week. Last yes, year, it was dominant. It, it was like the n- number one I did. I mean, on JP did, and you retweeted it. So what's the difference of you sending it out? Because when I said well, I think your like, followers, Pete, are more in, in interactive than Tony's followers, so that makes sense, you know. And it worked out on you. Well, that's why he's got to. That's why he's got to start yelling again, because then he'll get more interactive with the followers. He get more interaction. He'll be much better. So start yelling next week or tonight. If somebody irritates you, but like, let's go back to where we used to be. You used to scream and yell at the fans. You irritate me, Pete. I can start screaming at you if that make you feel better. Okay, we'll we'll take it. We got to get something out of you. Yeah. 
better than nothing. What do you mean? Uh, you got to get something out of me. I'm carrying this show. You, you with your stupid takes that don't even make sense, bouncing all over the place like you're, free, you know, who knows what you've been doing. I, I won that argument as usual, but that's a whole other story. Whatever. Social question number one, gentlemen. At Stu underscore Withers asks, what side of the ball do you think is strongest for this 2020 Jags team as of today? And will that be true by the end of the season? Hmm. No, I think defense Tony. always starts and looks better early in camp. But I think, you know, probably for the most part, if you watch the 11 on 11 uh, drills, you know, probably lean slightly to the defense. But I think the offense will be the better unit throughout the year. I mean, I think, you know, they're going to have to carry. I, I, I don't think this is a team that can win with defense. I'm not saying they're going to be terrible. I think they'll probably end up middle of the road somewhere. I don't think it'll be the the side of the ball, which it, we've been counting on for years based on the 17 season, that really has to step up. I think offensively, um, they'll be a better unit, and I think they're going to have to be if they want to win football games. I'm with you. I think it's all offense. I think the offense will be better. Here's the question, though. Let's just say the guys didn't opt out and the guys didn't get hurt. How much better would they have been? Isn't that a legitimate question? Well, I mean, I mean uh, Al Woods yeah, I think Al Woods and Gunter are Gunter. there. Yeah, Gunter, I think they help. They're better against the run. Right, you would I mean, think that, but sure. how much better are they? They're still not a. They're still going to be a struggling defense. At least I think so. Well, I, I think. I mean, those big bodies make a difference, Pete, in the run game. I think that. I mean, Woods is a guy who's proven he can play the run. He's a big body. Gunter, I think, had a chance to really. Uh, if you look at what he did in Arizona as a young player. Um, he was a, not a name a bunch of people knew or thought highly of, but I think he was an up-and-coming uh, guy that was going in the right direction. So I, I do think the depth would have helped at, at the very least. I'm not saying it would have made them you know, a top-five defense, but I worry about them stopping the run this year. I mean, they couldn't last year, um, and I worry about it this year. Yeah, well, you, you know, it makes sense to worry about it because it, it's going to be a problem, but – Again, how much better would it have been without Woods and Gunther? You'd say it would have been better, said, but how much better? I just answered that. Okay, you want me to give you how like much a better? yard per carry? Okay, I think they're going to give up 4.3 yards per carry, and I think they'd have given up 3.9 if those two were there. How about that? Does that help you? What about Snacks Harrison? Well, what about him? I mean, he's out there. but What about he, him, Pete? He, he, he didn't want to play in Detroit. He didn't he retire, basically, or get cut. No, he's out there. Yeah, they, they let him go. He wants to play. I mean, it, would he be somebody you could bring in and help the run game? I, I think he could. I mean, once upon a time, you could argue that he was one of the best interior defensive linemen to stop in the run. In the he's NFL, not, I mean, so he's I not an old. I don't think he's an old. He's not an old guy anymore or anything either. What is he? Thirty-one. He can, he could still be, go in there and help. Big well, body. I don't know what kind of shape he's in. I don't know what the issue was in Detroit, why they let well, him go. He's never is been he... in great shape. <laughs> no, but I mean, but is, he a, is he a bad locker room guy? Was he causing trouble? I mean, I mean, I have no idea. I mean, why? It's not like Detroit was this great team. Why they let him go? I mean, there's always a reason guys get let go too, Pete. You know this. I mean, and oh, gotta, I agree. And I'm sure, I'm sure Dave Caldwell and Doug and that group have done their homework and and know what's out there and they've investigated. We haven't, so I'm not going to speculate what the reason was, but there's. Um, based on the defensive line depth right now, my guess is they've looked at it and made the determination at this time he doesn't help them. As a player, Let's get to you one know more. as a player, 31 years old, 
he would help him. Now, we, you're right. We don't know if he's a problem in the locker room. I hadn't heard that, though. But, again, if he's know. not and, he, and he's in shape, he could help them. Let's get one more social question in. Uh, this is from at J McMahon underscore. What is this team's ceiling in terms of wins? Well, let me, I'll start with this. Every team's ceiling is 16 wins in the 16 regular season. Games. They could win 16. Right. Thank you. Uh, we just, I guess we touched on this earlier, but uh, what do you think, Pete? Five or six. That's, that's what I think. If, if they get more than that, kudos to the coaching staff. And Gardner Minshew will be their long-term quarterback. That—that's exactly what I think, because I don't see it. Again, I think they're going to be tough in some games. I just don't think they're going to win a lot of games. But if they get to eight wins, Gardner Minshew will have established himself as the guy for the long term. That's how well he'll have to play to get to eight and eight. So is it eight or is it six? What's your number, Pete? Just give me one number. I just want one. Not like five numbers. Just give me one number. I think they're winning six, five or six. That's Okay, that's two five numbers. or six give me for me. One number. What number? Five. Okay, five. Okay. Um, I think their ceiling is ten games is their ceiling. Wow. I mean the ceiling, I mean that's everything I mean, goes your I mean, way. Garter plays great. You know, Josh Allen is, you know, defensive MVP. C.J. Henderson is a lockdown corner that you, you draft him to be. Miles Jack makes the transition to Will. Leonard Fournette is running, like, in, you know, playing like it's his last uh, – in the last year of his contract. Cam Robinson doing the same thing. Yeah, I think 10 wins. I mean, that's – Gardner Minshew takes a step up over where he was last year and is proven to be your franchise quarterback. D.J. Chark was in a one-year hit wonder, which I don't think he's going to be. And he come, shows that he can be a true number one. I mean, those things happen? Yeah, I think they can win 10 games. Maybe 11. But I'll say 10 is my ceiling. <laughs> you going to lock it? Uh, uh, <laughs> no, it's the yeah. ceiling. I didn't say that's what they're going to win. I said it's the ceiling. <laughs> I mean, come on. JP, how many do you the think season? they're going to win? It is the first one. Let's get that the out there on bit. Twitter. I, Tony Baselli says Jaguars <laughs> to win 11 games. Well, I said my ceiling's he 10. I like it to 11. Now, I didn't, no, I again, the question is what's their ceiling? Like, what's the most wins you can well, see them having? And how many do you, you, think, they're gonna, how many do you think they're going to win? How many do you think they're uh, going I, to win? I think it's right there in the middle, 7, 8, somewhere in there. Point, then two, you're sniffing one. around wild card. One, one, one number, not 7 or 8. What's your one number, JP? 8. Hey, okay. So, and how many do you, you know, think they're going to win? So you guys dance around that question. How do I dance around it? How many do you think they're going to win? How many do you think... If I went through the schedule and did a game-by-game analysis, I think they're going to win 11. What? <laughs> Yeah, that, that's one thing we still have to do as well. We got Pete. We got to cut the team, and we have to go hey, game please, by game. Uh, please put that out nationally. <laughs> Nobody will hire you ever to do a Westwood One game. <laughs> uh, well, let's come you, back you know, in a moment. It's tongue, it's tongue in cheek. I said their ceiling was ten, and they're like they're going to win eleven. Uh, what do I <laughs> oh think they win? Um, it was a joke, Pete. It was a joke. Um, I think they're going to win. I think they win seven games. Okay. 
Ceiling's <laughs> ten. I think they <laughs> went seven. Let's go back. Eleven. Uh, we'll go around the AFC <laughs> South. But is that successful? That's uh, the big question. What about uh, go around the AFC South? I'll have a book report. Also, we'll go around the National Football League. Uh, a little less than thirty minutes left. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Hey Jacksonville, this is Joe Adib from Bono's. I just want to let you know that we have now reopened all of our dining rooms. We appreciate all the love that you have showed us during this crisis. For over 71 years, we have been here for you through good times and bad. Our award-winning barbecue and our unbelievable staff look forward to seeing you soon. Be safe. Ready, set, save. It's the Labor Day Sellathon at your local Ford dealer. Get ready for the best offers of the summer on the 2020 Ford lineup. Get low financing on an adventure ready SUV like Escape or Explorer and the ready to go Ford Ranger. Or get big savings on the built Ford Tough F 150. You've waited for these deals and the wait is over. Ready, set, save. The Labor Day Sellathon is going on now. Don't wait, these deals won't last. Hurry to your local Ford dealer because it all ends September 8th. At ViStar, we believe in better, better convenience, so members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. DreamFinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. DreamFinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the DreamFinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at DreamFindersHomes.com. DreamFinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity committed to the team committed to the mission at navy mutual we're committed to providing high quality life insurance to members of the military and their families so our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions we don't work on commission we're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members because at navy mutual our highest commitment is to you visit navymutual.org navy mutual Ensuring those who serve. Honestly, man, as far as the corners, I can speak for the corners. We're all kind of, the young guys are kind of just, they're listeners right now. You know, they're trying to soak in 
anything that, you know, the older guys could teach them, can teach them, coach can teach them. So haven't really heard too much yap from the from the corner room and their receivers. I feel like they're the same too. I feel like everybody's just kind of locked in, just trying to do their job, not too much, you know, talking, but as the year goes on and probably we get in the games, it'll, it'll come out game day. That's Trey Herndon, Jaguars cornerback in his third season. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli, and I would say it's a little different feel in that cornerback room from the past couple of years around here. There's no Jalen Ramsey, there's no A.J. Boye, and uh, it's not loud in that room as of yet. You heard Trey there say maybe when the lights come on, that'll change a little bit, but just walking through the door, the environment is much different, Pete, than it has been in the past around here at cornerback. Well, yeah, I mean, it used to be a, a position of strength, and now it's a position of hope. I mean, you hope Henderson can turn into being a number one corner. You hope Herndon continues to get better. Uh, if they do, then, then I think they have a chance to be a good group. I mean, Herndon proved last year he can be a, a nice, feisty, you know, number two corner. And he needs to continue to get better. And, and I think if Henderson can become a number one corner, it can become a good group again. But, you know, it's a, it's a position of hope now. Whereas when you had Boye and Ramsey, um, you know, it was a position of strength. It's not that anymore. And, and so I think that, you know, you have to uh, expect uh, some growing pains along the way for both those guys. Yeah, I mean, they're young players. I mean, that's, what's, I mean, that's what happens to young players. I, I think that's where, you know, if you talk, I mean, wasn't it Bill Parcells? And I don't want to attribute it to the wrong legendary co- coach that says it's you know it's it's hard to win with rookies. I mean, I mean historically it is hard to count on a win with rookies. Not that it can't happen, uh, but going into the season you have to expect growing pains and guys to make mistakes. They're learning. I don't care how good they are, um, especially when they're surrounded with a lot of other good play. I mean, young players. Um, it's one thing if you have a rookie at a position surrounded by a lot of veterans and you can cover it up. I mean, like I'll give you a perfect example. In 1999, we had a very good team. Fernando Bryant was a rookie starting at corner for that team. But he was surrounded by Carnell Lake, um, you know, Aaron Beasley. I mean, you had a number of veteran guys on that defense that were around him. And so it made the transition easier. You look at C.J. Henderson, he's going to be the opposite corner. Trey Herndon is really a second-year starter, still a young guy. Now, D.J. Hayden helps a lot. He's a veteran guy who's been around the block and is a very good nickel. You look at the two safeties, both young players, both full-time starters last year. Um, And so that's where you start, you know, I think there's going to be some ebbs and flows. I think C.J. Henderson is going to be an outstanding player. You you know, I think he has the right makeup. I think he's competitive as heck. You have to be that at that corner position. Um, But uh, I think it's natural, and I think Pete's right. Um, It's going to be natural to expect some growing pains. All right, fellas. Last week we we promised, as we are all at our home sets, uh, Pete has some things behind him on his set if you're watching on At Jaguars. I'm at home uh, with a bookshelf and things behind me. Tony, where are you this week? We don't know where uh, you are. I'm in a padded room somewhere. That's what it looks like. Undisputed. Another undisclosed, undisclosed location, CIA undisclosed room. Yes, undisclosed location. Where so they, the they point is, last week, you guys, the, the, the point is, you guys last week uh, asked that I give a book report on one of these books behind me. And um, how do you guys want to do this this week? 
I want to pick one. But I think Tony's right, though. JP, JP, I think Tony's right. If the book is on the shelf behind you, you should have read it already. You just read it's it. That's not this necessarily week? true. That's not necessarily no. true. There are books so probably on your shelf that go you just have, haven't gotten to yet. All right, turn around, go to the second level of your bookshelf. I'm going to tell you which book to pick. Okay. Okay. And you're going to go. Uh, you're going to go to the one right in the middle. It's green with big white uh, lettering. Yep, that one right there. Probably this a Hardy Boys book from when he was eight. Football. Great writing about the national sport right up Pete Prisco's alley. It's a number of different articles over the years. That's not from, a that's uh, like little bits and pieces. That's not a book. That's like a, a, a that's clip what I'm and saying. save. Well, that's he not a picked book. it. I'm telling you exactly what it is. You want the report on the book or not, Pete. It's short stories or newspaper stories. Great writing about the sport of football over the years from <laughs> different like newspaper articles. You can read the cover and tell what it is. Clean the spit off. Clean the spit off your mouth of your chin. <laughs> now, that's that's a terrible. That's a terrible. That's not a. That's like a, a put together book of all stories. That's not a book. Get pull a book off that shelf. Forget that one. That doesn't count. What do you want to read? What do you want? Just grab one. Just grab the one to the far right. No matter what it is. Second shelf. Right that shelf. Far right. Whatever that is. Pull that out. Baseball in Birmingham. It's a photo book, in fact, uh, mainly of <laughs> the history of read. baseball. <laughs> he doesn't have one book on there that he can read. <laughs> well, I'll it's unbelievable. You know, there, JP, there are no coloring books, you put one no of all short books, stories so and articles, here. and one's a picture book. Do you have a book on there that you actually can read? Okay, yeah. From cover to cover, right a book. Time. Here's one. Here's one. I got one here. This is one I got in college. It's uh, by Red Barber. It's called The Broadcasters. He's a great uh, baseball broadcaster of the Reds, most notably the Dodgers, and he finished with the Yankees. He was one of the first two uh, broadcasters inducted into Baseball's Hall of Fame in 78. And it goes through his career, um, starting at the University of Florida, and then getting to the big leagues in Cincinnati, moving up to the Dodgers. He has some great um, articles or um, has some uh, great chapters in here about some of the big years and moments in Dodgers history, including that 1947 season where he was the lead broadcaster in Jackie Robinson's first year. They went to the World Series and lost to the Yankees in uh, just an epic World Series in 47. And then his move across the river to, to the Yankees, that only lasted a few years, though, working with Mel Allen. Uh, great book about his career, and, and okay, it goes into a lot of the, the detail of broadcasting and, and the, the X's and O's, the nuts and bolts of baseball broadcasting. Okay. Yes. I, we have no idea. You could be making that up because I never read the book, and I don't even know who you're talking about. Um, but well, tell what, me, what are you well, asking well, me to do? No, 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 I just gave fine, you a book fine, report, and you don't believe it? I trust it? you. I trust you. My question is this, and then we can end this terrible idea of a segment that I came up with. Um, what is the one, the, what's the number one takeaway from that book that you learned reading about Red Barber? I think his name was. Yeah, Red or Barber whatever. was his name, Tony. Yeah. Um, you know, when I first got the book, was in college. So you're trying to learn how to do no, certain things. The, and I, tell I think me the, the number one takeaway. I don't need just, it's very simple. So it's like, what's like, you know what? I read this book and I learned this about being a broadcaster. I learned the preparation it takes. You can't just show up in, okay. the, in the box, you know. It's, uh, the other it's question is, that. is there anything on that shelf that's not a sports book? I've got World War II on the air. 
which is um, okay, all but the um, again, it's a the radio report broadcasting. It's a broadcasting <laughs> book, radio book. They're all broadcast so, radio or sports. So basically, that, have we met Pete? That's have we met? You live in a cocoon. <laughs> I do. Expand I've your horizons, JP. <laughs> Expand your right. horizons. We're going to end this segment. That's a terrible <laughs> idea of a segment, Tony, I must say. It was. Um, well, because you didn't read any of them. One was a picture book, one was a short story book, and the other one was Red Barber. <laughs> if we had coloring books, Tony would be interested. Um, hey, Pete, did, South you, did you know who Red Barber was? Did you have any idea who that was? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I might have been alive when he was calling games. <laughs> Probably were. AFC South around the league when we come back. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Proven IT implements a strategic game plan designed to streamline your business for maximum results. Make the winning choice with the official business systems partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Proven IT. Proven IT's technology experts use a customized approach to understand how to design, implement, and monitor solutions that optimize your business. Proven IT provides managed network services, document management solutions, office technology, voice and data solutions, and more. Visit ProvenIT.com to see how they can streamline your business. Proven IT, transforming workplace productivity. Kessler Creative, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, has the large format printing services running in high gear, creating large banners for marketing events, full vehicle wraps. Learn how Kessler changes the game with print and direct mail innovation. From eye-catching restaurant menus to real estate yard signs and event displays, Kessler does it all. Kessler Creative, Jacksonville, Florida. Results-driven marketing and a proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. At ViStar, we believe in better. Better convenience. So members can bank any way they want. Whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better... Join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Ready, set, save. It's the Labor Day Sellathon at your local Ford dealer. Get ready for the best offers of the summer on the 2020 Ford lineup. Get low financing on an adventure ready SUV like Escape or Explorer and the ready to go Ford Ranger. Or get big savings on the built Ford Tough F 150. You've waited for these deals and the wait is over. Ready, set, save. The Labor Day Sellathon is going on now. Don't wait, these deals won't last. Hurry to your local Ford dealer because it all ends September 8th. Committed to the team, committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission, we're nonprofit. So we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. 
visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve. day and not taking anything for granted uh, every day is a, is a day to get better out here uh, especially with the, the key pieces we have here from learning from learning from Josh and the D-line and Smooth and Abe and just Coach Rev and Coach Wash himself and every day I'm getting a tip so especially being new being new in the league and a lot of high expectations I'm willing to take in any gym that comes in so every day individuals in practice and meeting rooms I'm trying to learn something new. That's Kalo and Jason. He spoke with the media today. And welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli. Uh, good to hear from Kalevon today. Um, let's go around. Hey, the J.P., can I jump, jump we'll in start. real quick before we go around? Can I jump in real quick before we go around? I can't the, uh, wait AMC? to hear what you're going to say. What? No, it, it hit me listening to Kalevon uh, uh, on speak. Um one of the disappointments for me amongst many in this COVID pandemic situation we have is not getting to know these guys at all. Because usually we'd be at camp, you're talking to them, you're around them, we travel with them on the road. Um, and that's not, you know, that's not happening. And so it's it's almost going to be like this whole year, there's going to be a, a, a whole class of guys that, Hopefully we're back to some normalcy next year. We're back around the team doing stuff and not all, you know, kind of remotely like we are right now. We're at a lot of guys to get to know because uh, this is this whole rookie class. I mean, uh, GP, JP, I mean, you haven't even been around them. I mean, nobody has outside of the coaches and the scouts. No, no. Uh, we get an and, occasional and, and like video on, conference and that's about it. What about yeah. games? Are you going to be doing games from the studio? I think we're Tony? still discussing that. JP, JP might have the latest there. We're still discussing how we're going to be doing it and everything else. So that's all in flux as we try to figure out how, yep. um, both for the Jaguars and also for me, waiting for Westwood One, kind of how we're going to handle that. I don't think the final decision has been made. Um, and so, yeah, that's going to be a whole other thing that we're going to have to deal with, Pete. It's just weird. It's weird. It's, I mean, like I'd be out for 30 days now and I, I'm nowhere. I can't, I can't go talk to guys, can't go see new guys, can't go. So I text guys and they say, okay, this guy's playing well, this guy's playing well. It's not the same. You, you're right. You can't get to know guys. It's, it's, it's different. There's no question about it. But look, as long as we have a season, whatever way it works out, we'll all be happy for it. Yeah, we'll be happy. But it's still, it's still one of the things that I miss because I love, I mean, me covering too. football for me. Um, and like doing Wednesday, Thursday nights for Westwood One, it's not just, you know, it's not getting paid to play talk about football. That's nice. Don't get me wrong. Um, but part of the joy of the be being a part of the Jaguars organization and doing games like that, and then also um, for Westwood One is being around the game and being around the guys and on the field beforehand and, and you know getting nuggets and talking to them and learning and, and sharing my experiences with them. And none of that's going to happen this year. Um, because even if we are traveling, I mean, because of the tiered approach and how they have the different tiers for the players, it's not like we're going to be allowed on the field to go talk to them before the game. Um, I'll, I'll miss that. And that's one of the big disappoint, uh, disappointments for me in this COVID world we live in right now. You won't miss the cold of Kansas City the last time we were on the field. <laughs> that was cold. But I'll miss it. 
That was great. I mean, that like that's experience. Oh. I mean, that's but you, but Pete, you're right. Like you couldn't, you couldn't have written as well about that game without being there because you experienced the cold no. and you understood it and like you felt what was going on. And post game, you felt the energy of the Chiefs fans for going to the Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years. I mean, right. like and that we were down on the field all... after the game with our microphone, yeah. getting guy, our camera, getting guys on camera right after. Yeah. You're right. You can't experience it if, unless you're not there. Yeah. And uh, we would. Uh, was it that week where you were in the parking lot pregame chattering with snow blowing, or was that a different week? That was the week before, that was actually. Oh. That was the week before. <laughs> yeah, there was no snow that week. Remember, Tony? It was just cold. It was bitter cold. It was so cold. It, that, was, was cold. that was yeah. as cold as the Packers-Giants playoff game for me and then the playoff game in New England when the Titans played there and then your playoff game in New England that one year was pretty cold, too. Yeah. But Let's uh, touch that. on a few nuggets. That's all there. Let's uh, touch on a few nuggets around the National Football League. Safety Earl Thomas released by the Ravens in an announcement saying, quote, we've terminated Safety Earl Thomas's contract for personal conduct that has adversely affected the Baltimore Ravens, end quote. He was going to make a fully guaranteed $10 million salary. Uh, even without this year's salary, if they can get that money, it'll leave him with $22 million for one year of service, Pete. Well, there was a fight in practice. He missed a couple assignments, and, and Chuck Clark was a young safety who's played really well for him last year, got into it with him. But it was more than that. It was late for meetings. He, I heard he was missed a walkthrough, uh, wasn't as focused as he should have been. He hasn't been a great teammate. And, and the players, the leadership council said, look, we side with Chuck. Get him out of here. And they did. Uh, I'm okay with that. By the way, you don't see people knocking down the door to go sign him, do you? Well, I read a report today, Pete, that he missed a meeting because he said he had to get his car washed. Right. And he, and he missed a walkthrough. I mean, he, you know, look. Now, the question remember, is, is, the question is, is you'll see it. You're, you're going to see a, uh, he's going to file a, uh, what's it called? Uh, a grievance. A, yeah, a he'll grievance, file a grievance. He's going to file a grievance because um, they're going to take the $10 million that is guaranteed because the key uh, phrase in that statement you read JP is they felt like it was conduct detrimental, which gives the team the ability to cut a player and waive any guaranteed money. I guarantee you, uh, Earl Thomas and his representatives will fight that. Yeah, here's the other question. He'll sign a deal. He's not going to get a $10 million year deal from anybody. No. He's going to get an incentive-laden deal for a year from somebody, maybe the Cowboys. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell made an appearance on the YouTube series Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, and he said that he wishes the NFL, quote, had listened earlier, end quote, to Colin Kaepernick regarding why he began kneeling in 2016. Pete, what do you make of the commissioner's appearance well, this year? Well, why didn't he say that before then? He had plenty of time to say it, and now all of a sudden he says it? But uh, look, Colin Kaepernick had issues, don't get me wrong. As a player, you know, that's part of the reason why some teams didn't sign up. But he should have been in the league, period. End of story. Should have been a backup quarterback in the NFL at, at the worst case scenario. He didn't some teams offer him a, a chance to be a backup and he said he didn't want to. I'm thinking, um, well, I know he turned down a deal with Denver early after he got cut right away. 
if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, then, Denver, that was actually the year before. De remember, they were going to go make a move for him and, and sign right. him, and he didn't want. Yeah. He, and then Seattle inquired about Seattle, him, too. Thought, yeah. There is also but talk I, I, of how much did he love it. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, is, is Colin Kaepernick one of the most, uh, 60, top 64 talented quarterbacks in this league? I would say yes, without a doubt. Yes, um, absolutely. So if you, based it, if you based it around just that, then I would agree with Pete. He should have been on a team. Uh, unfortunately, um, a lot of things go into um, – and I'm not even speaking just of the Colin Kaepernick situation, but if you look at why guys get signed and don't get signed, like I guarantee you, Earl Thomas is probably one of the best 32 safeties in the NFL. And there's a bunch of teams that won't sign. By the way, Kaepernick, Kaepernick wasn't loved in his locker room. I can tell you that 100%. So my, and, and I'm not saying Kaepernick did anything wrong like Earl Thomas did. I'm just saying there's always a lot of things that go into whether a team signs a player or not. Um, obviously, That's right. Um, the That's social right. injustice that Colin Kaepernick has stood for is, is front and center right now, and it's a conversation that needs to be had. Need, needs to be had. Tony Baselli, Pete Frisco, I'm JP Shadrick. No more book reports. We'll see you next week. It's Jaguars Happy <laughs> Hour on the Jaguars <laughs> Digital Network. <laughs>